What is the difference between being punk and being a punk? We are here to talk some punk rock, some music comics. Punk culture, DIY shit, anything we want to talk about. That's, that's what fascinates me. Give me everything. Absolutely everything. I find that, that music and comics have always been intertwined. Muxpout. Chicks okay. dig it. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, welcome to Muxpout. Um, today we got John with us and Chuck down below. And um, we're going to do something different where we kind of talk about an, an album that's um, how many years? What's the anniversary? 30. 30th anniversary of this album. And um, it's a, a semi controversial album um, as the band was. It was a very controversial decision for this band to um, step into the um, the pros um, with this album. And um, as it says, it is the landmark 1994 album, Dookie. Yeah. So. And the goodies with this one were abounding. If anybody got this box set that Eric was just holding up, it is ridiculous. It's got so many goodies in there. How many? How many? So, uh, is it seven? Oh, it's a special limited number, numbered limited edition. I didn't even know that. Um, so it's seven LPs, sixty-five tracks. Um, you got the original Dookie album, seventeen unreleased demos, six studio outtakes. Three of them were previously unreleased. Um, you got the Woodstock 94, and then two of the LPs are live in Barcelona from 94. Um, then you got the 36-page book. You have a Dookie air freshener, Dookie dog poop bags, a button set, some magnets, and a slew of other things that we'll tear through this and find. <laughs> so, <laughs> Anybody have any Dookie stories? Well... Dookie album stories. <laughs> <laughs> a, a couple, actually. Um, that for me, that summer I was um, I was away at camp all summer. I was working as as a camp counselor, and I when I left, I had never heard of Green Day. They weren't really a thing. No one knew about them. And you know, and then while I was gone, um, Woodstock happened. But of course, I wasn't around for that I, you know again i'm i'm stuck at this this summer camp where all you can listen to is christian rock so <laughs> i didn't get to hear anything and then i come back and green day is the biggest band on the planet and i haven't heard a damn song by them and everyone's just like oh my gosh you don't know green day and i'm like God, dude i was gone for like six weeks what are you talking about <laughs> like how do i feel like and so it was huge and then you know of course i started listening and and that album all the way through it's one of the like there's not a lot of albums out there where you really could just pick it up and listen to it all the way through but that one's pretty much banger after banger for the most part all the way through and i uh, dude i just it, it, once i got to watch it and i saw their live performance at uh at woodstock i was like all right cool these guys are good and i liked it so much that uh, i even got somebody to do a picture of it that is uh, actually from my comic. <laughs> I did that. Awesome. I didn't even ask you to do it. You just did it. And I was like, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Um, for me, actually, Dookie is pretty much what got me, drew me more into punk rock. Like before, 
before Green Day and like Offspring and like the you know when pop punk kind of started blowing up, um, I was they might be giants or REM like kind of college rock, um, you know Nirvana and all that was going on right before then, um, so it was you know some of that, but um, like every morning it would be like Green Day um, Basket Case on MTV followed by. Offspring, uh, self-esteem, and uh, they hooked me. My parents hated that, but that was also part of it, right? <laughs> I forgot you're a little younger than I am, so it's uh, <laughs> you said your parents, and I'm like, I was well out of the house by then. So <laughs> just trying to remember where I was. I was probably living at UMass at the time, and it was. I remember, like, I knew Longview. I think that was their lead single off of that. And that yeah, I missed it. that one because. Yeah. I guess I wasn't on yeah. the radio very much, but MTV is where I where I got hit. Yeah, I think we just had like MTV on a lot in the background at the house. I live with like four other guys, and so that one was on rotation. And then uh, I went to Woodstock '94 with a group of people, and it was just insanity. And it was just uh, so that morning we had a big rainstorm, and everybody was like just rolling around in the mud if you were high as fuck like everybody was and they were just so everybody was covered in mud so there were you know you got quickly separated into the the mud people and everyone else and it was like that uh the green day set was they were surrounded by the mud people and people were flinging the sod at them and everything i remember watching and that on tv yeah. yeah, and there was that just that legendary thing where was it was it Billy Joe that caught it in his mouth, caught a piece of turf in his mouth, and I was just like, I remember seeing that live and just going, you know, knowing what the conditions were with like some of that mud was from overturned porta potties and stuff, yeah. and I'm just like, oh god, he's gonna die, yeah. <laughs> like he's got that in his mouth and he's going to die. But obviously, he, obviously he did not. But the yeah, first time was, I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. A uh, handful of years ago, they had um, uh, the Woodstock. It was the Woodstock anniversary, uh, one of them. And one of the first things they had on display was actually Billy Joe Armstrong's shoes from that performance. Oh, my God. Still caked in mud. So still still filled with dookie. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was, that was just, uh, yeah, frightening to see. <laughs> that was pretty cool. I had forgotten I was like reading a little account of it and I had totally forgotten about yeah like uh Mike Dirk getting like beat up on by one of the security guys because they thought he was he had jumped on stage with a bunch of the other folks oh, wow. and it was like no 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 he's with the band <laughs> please don't knock his teeth out so yeah I was I had totally forgotten because obviously 30 years is a long fucking time so <laughs> Was that the first time you saw Green Day? Yes, I saw the. That was what clinched it. Like I said, I'd only seen Longview so far, and then you know, like everyone else in the world, if you were at that show or heard about that show, you immediately went out and bought Dookie, and it was just, yeah, it was. There was no turning back from there. That was that was. It was one of those seminal albums, and I remember, like, seeing the box set coming up for the 30th anniversary and thinking. That's way too much. Why would why would I pay that much? And I'm like, yeah. but then it, it it your brain almost turns off and your hit finger hits by before you realize it because that was it was such a just big part of my 
music formative years and it was like everybody listened to it too like i remember yeah i um i had i had a i had a copy in my book bag in my social studies class in high school um because i'm much younger than you john Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i remember uh, i sat next to like one of like the jocks and he like he noticed it sticking out of my bag a little bit a cd and i think he was ready to pull it out and make fun of me but he pulled it out and then he flicked it over and showed it to like his other jock buddy that was next to him. And that guy was like, that's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Don't beat that kid up. <laughs> He's okay. And that's how Green Day saved me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so then uh, the teacher came over and took it away and I had to wait till after class to get it back. I was like, oh. <laughs> you, it's. It's funny because Longview, I think, was actually probably bigger in Canada than it was in the U.S. because um, we didn't. Uh, it didn't really hit uh, for us. It's much music. It didn't hit much music until after uh, Basket Case had blown up, become big, and so really in Canada, it was. It was that was the second song to to make it big. Yeah, and so that one came out later. So it's it's kind of funny that for you guys, Longview came first, but for us, it was afterwards. Yeah, I think, and then that's the way I remember it. But again, thirty years is a long goddamn time. So <laughs> who knows? But yeah, it was uh, it was just ridiculous how much fun that album was. And uh, there we go, we get the pins. Those would have been on my. Uh, if I was still in high school, those would have been on my denim jacket with 500 other heavy metal bands. So <laughs> I looked looked like I had a flak jacket, and I probably could have fended off a, a bullet attack at some point. But yeah, um, it's kind of cool. They're like um, they are kind of what they would have been back then. They're not yeah. like super polished or like you know they don't look like you know a big company put them out. Were they made with a little hand press? Yeah, probably not. not. Yeah. Uh, Chuck, actually, you'll appreciate this piece. Oh, yeah. I love that song so much. I remember talking to you about that. That's why when we were talking about just going through this set, I was like, you know what? Me and Chuck have had some conversations about this album. Let's just see if he wants to join us. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I told you that uh, uh, my wife and I, Wendy, we were going to, um, we were trying to open a comic shop at one point, and we really wanted it to sort of be like a haven for everybody, and the first song that we were going to play when people came in was uh, Welcome to Paradise. Perfect. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I feel like that's a song, you know, I don't I don't know if we're going to be going into all of the songs that are not bought. Yeah, we can. Oh, okay, but... That song, I feel like, is a song that any 17, 18-year-old kid who's planning on moving out on their own needs to listen to. Because it really is just like, hey, I moved out on my own, and holy crap, it's shit. But holy shit, it's actually pretty great, too. <laughs> like, the, the shit can be really great, and it just, it's really, it doesn't really hide the fact that life is fucking tough when you're out on your own for your first time, but it's your life now. And that makes it paradise. Yeah. Cool. And I'd say uh, my takeaway after I've 
you know, had to kind of give it a quick listen through and refresh myself on some of the deeper tracks on this thing. And just between Longview and the hidden track, the all by myself track, I'm like, for a, for a real, you know, the first album that anybody's going to know by a band to have it have two masturbation centric songs (laughs) right on the first, their first big album. You know, Chef's Kiss. That was just <laughs> right. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, isn't that how you get the teen, the teen uh, demographic? Is just like, hey, yeah. let's let's do two wack it songs. All right, great. They'll love that. Yeah. I um, remember it was, laughing my ass off about that one a lot. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Never uh, like play they, it. You would wait they, that they, minutes or whatever. They used to play. Uh, yeah, all by, my, all by myself. Uh, they switch the instruments around and stuff they'd play it live in those first couple album tours and it was just fucking hilarious seeing trey singing that and it was just it was just a riot and i like i think like i probably knew it more from that than i did from because you know what was it like the hidden track on yeah you had like like, six minute wait or something yeah, so I think I might have even missed that when it, you know, when I, the first couple listens, because you're just like, you know, if you're not paying attention to the timer on the thing, you forget. Right. So some of I those think that became tracks. more of a thing after that. Like, I think that was one of the first bigger hidden tracks. Yeah. So I think I actually noticed it because I had the tape. And so you you get to the end of the, what you think is the end, you flip it over, and you're like, well, into another song and you're like wait a second that doesn't <laughs> make it not why do they have yeah. all this space and so you go back in the other side and you're like oh crap oh that's cool yeah if i'm honest i think somebody that i knew already had listened to it and told me before so <laughs> i don't think i discovered that one <laughs> yeah like i said i might very well have discovered it live before i discovered it on the album but it was although fod is one of my favorite songs on that album um, so it it could very well be that I noticed that it was a long track because I played that one a lot. Yep. And I although uh, one of the things I before I forget about it, I did look at one of the demo tracks that they had on there. Uh, I was like, that doesn't that wasn't on Dookie, right? It was the J A R song. Yeah. Yeah. That one, that one was on the Angus soundtrack yep. originally. And I'm like, oh, yeah. cool. So maybe that was originally supposed to be on Dookie. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It's, it was like, I knew, actually, I think I heard about that when that album came out, uh, Angus, um, that it was uh, it was left over from Dookie. Outtake. Yep. Yeah. And well, that, that's yeah. just like Welcome to Paradise was originally on the album before on Kerplunk. Yeah. Kerplunk, yeah. Yep. And they and and I'm glad that they did that because it gave it a second life, and I think a lot of people really dug that song. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. The, um... And then the reason we are taping tonight instead of the other night is we started discussing very early. Uh, Eric mentioned the other song. What was it? That was a basket case. Yes, basket case. It had completely different lyrics than yeah. The, version that everyone knows and that we I was just like all right maybe we need a, a little bit of time to actually listen to this these songs a little better so that we can properly discuss this because that was a completely yeah that different was take. that was really cool like I've I've always like I've always loved hearing early versions of songs and here checking out the evolution from live playing it live to demoing it to 
putting on an album sometimes like with welcome to paradise putting on a second album and like basket case i had heard a demo of it before like there's been a demo floating around forever but i've yeah. never heard that in my life um and for it to be like night and day like yeah and like yeah, it's not, it's they, like they've discussed the writing of basket case before and like how it's like about like i don't know schizophrenia or whatever like his his anxiety he has anxiety issues um which is like everybody but um he uh so they like talked about like how like they were like super high and wrote the lyrics to that song but nobody ever mentioned that it was an entirely other song before it's weird. yeah like, yeah usually you expect like maybe one verse to be different or part of the chorus but yeah. it was the whole damn song was a completely different song so yeah that was kind of a revelation it was cool i also the you know when i the first time i heard basket case and for that first period of time it it hit really hard like you know it starts kind of slow and then once it once the, those drums kick and everything pops in that song's just going and it goes all the way through and and it, it it's energetic i felt like the demo version was a very neutered version of it like i was really the was. whole time i'm like i'm ready to to jump yeah. in and i'm like there's nowhere to jump in on this track they didn't do yeah. that yeah. and so it's one of those things where i'm like it's cool to hear the other version, the, the demo version. Yeah, it's not better. Fuck, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm really yeah. glad we got the version we did. It's significantly better. It's cool for history's sake, but what we got was light speed. Like, like just better. so far yeah. ahead, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, so me and John were talking about doing this, and we were actually ready to do this, like he said the other night. And then um, I just kind of played that for him because I realized he hadn't listened to the demos yet. Um, and then he was like, are there any other ones like that? And I was like, I don't think so, but uh, maybe we want to do a deeper dive on that before we actually go and talk. Yeah, about and it. it seems like that was the only one that was That was bad. the only one like that. But, yeah. uh, like, uh, in the end, it was really, like, a funny, like, it was slow, and it was it was kind of funny um, compared to the, the, the final version. Um, but my, I think one of my biggest surprises on there was Hashinka. I always loved that song on Nimrod. And um, that was cool to see that it was like it existed. I don't even know what year Nimrod came out, but that's one of my favorites. And um, Hashinka has always been one of my favorites on there. Um, so to know that it was like there and like probably what those demos were probably recorded in like 93, like that was cool. Nimrod was 97, it looks like. Okay. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah, they, they put out, yeah, like Insomniac came out really quick after this one. And so that makes sense. Yep. They were very prolific for a few years. Yeah, because then, and um, what was it? Um, uh, even the one after that, um, Warning? Yep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Warning, I believe, came out in 98, 99. I think 98, actually. Uh, it says 2000. Okay. Really? According to, well, I'm, just going to, I'm just going according to Apple Music. So is it right? They've done better than me. So yeah, okay. Yeah. Somewhere in there, they put out uh, shenanigans that had like all their. I um, forgot about that. Yeah. B sides and stuff. Like, um, yeah. They were like just pumping stuff out. You really did go mental for Green Day, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, was a Green Day fan. I mean, I'm a Green Day fan. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely a fan, but. 
<laughs> I'm not on your level. I haven't been. I haven't been hardcore on them. Um, basically, after American Idiot, so uh, it's been yeah. a while. <laughs> it's been a couple decades of rough, but I am excited about the new album. Um, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like kind of a return to form after that last one was a little, yeah, out there. It was, but and that's the weird thing is, uh, I'm also a Green Day weirdo, so I, I get into all the side projects like. Do you yeah. guys know about like Foxborough hot tubs yep. and all that stuff? It's like, so they've got plenty of side projects like that, which is what made me wonder why father of all motherfuckers was yeah, why was not a side thing? project thing. It seemed like if you've got all these other venues, then why don't you just plug it into one of them? But yeah, they're green day. They can do whatever they want. So, right. but and it I just seemed to be experimenting and stuff like, Foo Fighters, I love to death. Um, they they've done some stuff that I'm like not as into, um, experimental. Um, but like the DGs. No, I mean like a couple of their albums, like I didn't get into very much. Okay. Like, um, they just weren't. Even uh, the, the uh, what's the one that they? I've, I've been watching the documentary series again on um, the one with the cities and stuff. I just I I appreciate. Oh it. yeah. Watching the documentary series, I appreciate the um the stories and the songs much more than i do listening to the album but um but so like i can i can appreciate some experimental but that was just i could not get into that last green day album at all and it was funny because i just put like everything on my apple music on shuffle earlier today and something from that came on and i was like what the fuck am i listening to and yeah. i was like ah oh, okay never mind gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it's not like it's terrible it's just if so it was another band, I'd probably I wouldn't listen to it, but I probably wouldn't think much of it. Yes. <laughs> since it's Green Day, I'm like, this is horseshit. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'd say that I was super into them until Warning, and then I re I enjoyed American Idiot, but they definitely got kind of almost Idiot. too polished, like at a certain point. And I still yeah. loved it, but it was different. It wasn't that same. 21st century breakdown had like a song that I liked and that yeah. was it. And after that, I was kind of, I didn't even check out like what Uno Dos and Trace. Uh, oh, I, the radio I one did, too. but it was, yeah, it was, those were a little rough because it was almost like listening to the Kiss solo albums. It was just like, eh. <laughs> it was interesting, but different. Yeah. And it was like, I think what got me is, uh, in between warning and american idiot i guess they had a whole album in the can and the masters got stolen oh i forgot and, about that oh yeah. wow so it makes you wonder if we would have had this you know like tie wearing version of billy of joe armstrong that came out for american idiot versus you know who knows what that album was maybe it was very close to american idiot but uh I'd like to think it would have been a little more fun and punky. And it's like, oh, what were you going to say, Chuck? Well, I was going to say, it does feel like there's almost like a missing link between those two albums. Because if, yes. if you listen to Warning, Warning is very experimental. They're yeah. playing with the mandolin and they're doing all sorts of different. Yeah. And I was there for it. I dug that whole album, I, Misery. I, and yeah, I absolutely loved that album. And I like a lot of people pan that one. I thought that was no. fabulous. Yeah. To I me, it's it's their best. Pinkerton. Yeah, it was fa fantastic. Yeah, I, I couldn't get enough of that one. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I love that album. But then, um, American Idiot comes out, and I'm like, what? It like 
how do you get from that to that? Exactly. And so, and so, yeah, I wonder what that, that middle step, I, I feel like there is some kind of missing link in there that took yeah. us from one place to the other. Cause of course, American idiot was also fairly political. It, a yep. lot of it was, you know, kind of uh, going after uh, Bush Jr. at the time and all that kind of stuff. And so it's funny, like, how did we get from one to the other? Where, you know, where is the, is there some kind of, 2001 2002 thing that exactly would have been some kind of step yeah yeah and it also makes you wonder is part of it just that they were just like well fuck this these people you know if somebody's gonna abscond with our shit then you know there's got to be a little bit of heartbreak and anger that goes along with that what, you know maybe they were like i'm gonna make the opposite of this album that we had coming out fuck this you know who knows but it's yeah it's it's interesting to think about that and there's probably an article out there that i could have googled to prepare for this show better <laughs> that would have answered that question but <laughs> but instead i'm just gonna fucking ra Answers randomly conjecture. conversations <laughs> exactly right? you can google everything and never talk to anybody again <laughs> Oh, that's an option? All right, see ya. <laughs> I was going to say, Chuck hangs up and we're done. <laughs> Shit. We um, gave him permission. It's okay. Yeah, right? Bad call. <laughs> Come on, Eric. You're smarter than that. Another, another one of my favorites on the demos, though, back to the demos, is um, Tired of Waiting, um, the Kinks cover. That was cool. Uh, I, think yeah. was on the, I think that was on the Shenanigans album, maybe. Like, I know I've heard that. Or maybe I have a seven inch of it, but I'll start. Uh, I think I'll seven start. inches a little. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's quite seven. <laughs> um, and the uh, also um, there's a couple other um, old like previous album songs that were um, demos that was kind of interesting because I know they were kind of pulling together like their all their songs and trying to come up with like what's going to be a hit. Um, and I think Welcome to Paradise, I think, was the only one that... Is that the only one that made it from a previous album in the end? I think so. I think, I think it might have been. But they uh, 409 and Your Coffee Maker was a really old one of theirs that they had a demo for. About that one. Yep. And then... Um, oh, what was the other one? This is uh, riveting. Right riveting right now. <laughs> uh, oh, Christy Road, Christy Road, ah. your plunk um, song, also. So that was the demos were really interesting. Like the, it's it's kind of like uh, have you seen that? Any, either one of you guys seen the Beatles documentary from the the White Album? Not yet, yeah. but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Like, being a fly on the wall would have been really fun for. I think that would be fun for any album. Like I've been. I've been in um, studios when like bands were recording before and it, it's really not that interesting. <laughs> so it's kind of funny <laughs> that I would love to be a fly on the wall, but really you're just sitting there listening to somebody play the same fucking guitar rift for three days straight, trying to perfect it. Like, yeah. But these documentaries take all these small, interesting moments or even at the time uninteresting and put them together to make it interesting. Yeah. So yeah. it would be a, it would be nice to be a fly on the wall during the cool moments. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I the get the feeling the time that... you're just a fly, and that sucks. <laughs> yeah, like Doc, Dr. Dre talks about the first time he sat down with Eminem, and he talks about how um, he put on the first song, and right away, and was already in there, and and that's how they got 
my name is. And and that's an interesting story, but you got to know that they were in that friggin' place for nine hours and so much shit was probably yeah. cut and thrown away and, and, and just terrible. And that's fine. <laughs> but at yeah. least we get that one little, you know, two minute story. <laughs> I think it was the producer of the, um, I, I started reading the booklet a little bit and uh, he was just saying, he's like, He's like, we got great guitar sounds and we, you know, Billy Joe busted out all of his vocals in two days. And he's like, it was amazing. And he said, uh, the one problem we ran into more than anything else was uh, the guitars and the uh, bass going out of tune. But he's like, I've never seen anyone hit the strings as hard as those guys do when they were in the studio. He's like, it was insane. We had to keep retuning everything. And I thought that was kind of an interesting little detail like that and i just get the the dookie bags the dookie bags That's <laughs> collecting your dog poop <laughs> which makes you wonder how many people will use these dookie I know. bags i don't really know what to do with them but i don't want to use them for that <laughs> <laughs> i know i love my dog but they're too good for my dog these are above bag, dog. <laughs> just bag up some nice collectibles there you go there you go this <laughs> uh bumper sticker which feels more kerplunk than Duke. yeah it does well it might have been from the still at the merch table during Duke yeah, though so that's true that's one thing that's cool about listening to the um, the live shows. I have another. I haven't listened to the Barcelona one, but I have another um, '94 um, concert uh, bootleg, and like it's all old songs. Like you don't get old versions of new songs or anything. It's all like just Dookie and before, and it's kind of cool because most people probably don't play like was it uh, hundred or thousand thirty nine. Uh, slappy hours or whatever, and then Kerplunk, yeah. uh, like those aren't really probably being played very often. So yeah, I mean some of the well, yeah true some fans of the probably do. Yeah, I was gonna say, and some of the uh, <laughs> I'm guessing some of the like big fans are gonna want to hear a couple of those live if you're like paying good money for it. Because I mean, I remember like some of it, like I said, was just seeing Trey singing like all by myself and things yeah. like that, and there was. uh what was that song off Kerplunk? I'm looking it up. Uh, Dominated Love Slave, where he's oh. like, I love feeling dirty. I love feeling cheap. And yep. he's like, I love it when you hurt me. So drive them staples. We're about to get a copyright strike. Like, That's, not a That's all right. <laughs> so it's, uh, but it's that kind of stupid ass shit that it's yeah. just so much fun to watch them ham it up in those old days. It was just, and it's, it's interesting when you go with somebody that's more of a mainstream fan. Cause I remember going with my buddy and like, they were playing that song and they were, uh, Billy Joe turns around and basically pulls his pants all the way down and shows you his whole backside. And, <laughs> you know, and he was just like, like I didn't pay good money to see some guy's ass. And I'm like, <laughs> I did. I think that's fucking hilarious. And I think he yeah. <laughs> like that's exactly what I came here to see because they're still young and dumb and having a great time. And that's exactly what I wanted to see. So those early days were just like, yeah. No, no, yeah. Think, uh, you mentioned earlier when we were talking that uh, they would play, uh, uh, they would play a cover of knowledge by op Ivy. And yeah, uh, 
I thought that, oh, look at Chuck. He's got my picture when he goes away. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> he just wants kid. to be you. It's okay. <laughs> um, but that, but yeah, um, that, but that was wonderful. It's like they, uh, and it's funny, they actually said, uh, that's another thing I read in the thing is while that producer was in the studio with those guys, uh, Tim Armstrong came into the studio and just was like, telling them that he was forming Rancid because uh, Operation Ivy had just broken up and that was his big new project. And I was like, Jesus Christ, there was such... Yeah, that area is just like very prolific. Yeah, and it was cool too because the producer had said uh, that one of the reasons that Green Day like wanted him in the studio with them was because he had produced one of the latest Muffs albums, and they're one of my absolute favorites. Oh. And um, I was just like, all right. So they obviously had good taste back in the yeah. day. So good. <laughs> um, air freshener. I'm curious what then, it smells like. I was going to say, does it smell like Dookie? <laughs> Can't, really get it Can't really get it through the package. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably yeah, don't I, want to. I don't know if I want to open it. <laughs> I know, right? You're such a comic nerd. That's great. I know. Like, well, you you've seen me. I have like my whole room of music collectibles and stuff. Like, no, I I know. It's just it's because I think a music fan would be like, oh yeah, I want to see it. Spill it all this. But the comic person is like, uh, uh mint in bag or nothing. I've already opened the box. It's none of this is worth anything anymore. <laughs> well, the funny part is the only thing I thought of when he said he didn't want to open it is like he didn't want his whole house smelling like shit. But. <laughs> It's a risk you take, I guess, if you open that thing. This one's kind of cool. Um, it's a whole like magnet sheet. Oh, cool! Yeah. If you want Dookie on your fridge, <laughs> I think I just slapped the whole sheet right up there. Right. The whole thing has a magnet backing, so. Um, they have a. Cut out the, do uh, the doggy biplane. Yeah, you can put it together and fly it. <laughs> this is kind of cool. Um, I know they listed it as like a coloring sheet, but like I, as an artist, like seeing the um, like the lines, yeah, the line yeah. work and stuff is really cool. When I was looking for a cover for um, my blister book, I actually reached out to the, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but I reached out to the guy that did the Dookie cover um, and he never responded. Um, I reached out to him and then I'd reached out to John Nissen, the MXPX artist, and um, he actually responded. So I went with that one. But, um, oh, it's like a, poster that kind of extends the art it looks like <laughs> it's too big so i'm not gonna <laughs> well there's... it could be a fucking banner man yeah that's pretty big <laughs> it's a it's a little excessive <laughs> I don't have space on my wall for that, but that's cool. <laughs> um, then it looks like from there it is a book. 
Yeah, that's pretty cool. A few articles in there, a whole bunch of pictures from the recording session and everything. Yeah. Richie Butcher. That's the guy's name. Thank you. Might be Butcher. Butcher. Um, yeah, this is cool. It's tons of photos and shit. Yeah, it's funny um, how controversial the album is. I mean, I guess it's the decision to to go mainstream and actually try to make money off of your art. <laughs> Heaven forbid. <laughs> I didn't know anything about the controversy, to be honest. It happens with every punk band that gets signed by a major label. Um, like, I'm a big Jawbreaker fan. They sold out. Selling out is... is that's pretty much it. Like just selling out is a no-no. Trying to make money off of your art. <laughs> God forbid. Yeah, it's like it's like pretty yeah, pretty much just controversy amongst the big punk dorks. Like, if, you know. If if any of you people out there who are listening, you have a punk band and you uh, or you have any kind of band and you guys don't want to make money, here's my advice, okay? Just go into comics, and then you won't make money. <laughs> All right? Just you're do gonna, that. You can sell out in comics, and you still won't make money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just, just go into comics. You'll be fine. You'll never have to deal with that issue at all. Never have never. to deal with the red. <laughs> it, if you ever do really amazing, really freaking amazing in comics, you might be able to afford your apartment. So good for you. Congrats! I hope I hope you get to that level of sellout. But uh, yeah, come on, guys. I mean, even, you, you even then, like Cullen Bunn is what writing what like forty five titles a month to make rent. So it's right. Like, yeah, right. It's like come on, you know. So I think we're everybody's safe on the not making money thing. So Chuck, you're a big uh, you're a big trivia guy. I am. Have you done any uh, research going into this episode, like outside of listening? I, I didn't actually do a lot of research. I, I mostly wanted to try to keep it. Um, I, I wanted I wanted to just kind of go with with what we were already working on and and just kind of you know what I enjoyed about the album and um, of course any stories like you know the, the camp story and stuff like that. So I have a I have a trivia question for you then. Um, I don't have I don't have um. Other answers to go along with that I can try to make up some uh, <laughs> some uh, choice multiple choice yeah, yeah. but um, the original title for Dookie is anybody anybody familiar with the original title for Dookie? I that, don't uh, know. They no. So the band wanted to call the album Liquid Dookie, and <laughs> <laughs> it was decided pretty quickly that that was not a good title. It was actually based on, I read that it was based on the fact that uh, during their touring, they would all have stomach issues. Oh, no. <laughs> they said it was from rotten food or uh, fast food. <laughs> I can imagine those things get dicey pretty quickly, I guess. <laughs> I, I'm betting the liquid dookie actually is what made them make the decision to sell out. <laughs> like, I don't want to fucking go through yeah, a right. tour where I shit myself every night. So, uh, yeah, you know what? Sign me up. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take the album. Let, let's do this. 
yeah. yeah. But I mean, how, how long till you can still, I mean, I guess, is that your uh, way of gauging if you've made it is you're now a solid Dookie band. So I yeah. guess <laughs> that's when you've made it. <laughs> solid. <laughs> uh, so many jokes and I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to do it because we'll, we'll go down a toilet. <laughs> Dookie started down the toilet. <laughs> so they have the original in here. They have the demos and the outtakes. They're all just different color Relatively variations. Yeah. Yeah. Different, so uh, Woodstock '94. Woodstock '94 was actually released um, on Record Store Day a handful of years ago. And I'm pretty sure that's the exact same cover from that one. That's what I was wondering how different it was from the original release. I could go grab mine and take a look. Uh, but and then What's Barcelona. And Barcelona looks like it might have been a candy corn release. So right. Yeah, it does look like <laughs> candy corn. <laughs> I was, I was like, what does he mean? But yeah, that's great. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to go grab my other one because I think that it might be a little bit different. Let's just be completely oh, silent while he's gone just to like make this all super uncomfortable. <laughs> Very interesting. I will just delete this part. As, <laughs> as long as you're not pitching being totally naked when it gets back. So, <laughs> Okay. So not totally, but hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> hear me out here. I've got a ball bag on underneath this. <laughs> so I've got a two. I just bought some new tube socks, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's the same. It's the same cover. What's that? Different cover. Same. Same, yeah, cover? same cover. This is the original. Okay. And that's the revamp. Yeah, so I guess I can put that one on eBay. So <laughs> now they, the thing is, is that like as you were listening to the album, I'm sure that there was, you know, it would be like, oh, that's my favorite track. Now this is, this is. Do you have one now that you find you, you, you stick to more than the rest? Like, is there an album on, or a song on there that just it's it's probably going to be your go-to now? You know, thirty years later. You know, I'm. I mean, I've I've always kind of put this album on. Like, it's not like I revisited it. After, oh, okay. You know, um, but yeah, FOD has always from the beginning. Mm. I mean, you're just a fuck. I can't explain it, but I think you suck. Like, you can't beat those lyrics. No. <laughs> um. Yeah, that one's been kind of been it. Yeah, I don't know. They're all pretty great, but yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know why, but there's something about she that I just keep going back to. It's that one's That's, actually kind of kind of beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And because uh, I like how fruit. like uh, how immature they were, I I I liked the hidden track of All by Myself because it was so oh, yeah 
indicative of granted I, I i shouldn't make that my favorite because it's not really kind of a snapshot of what that album's about but that's exactly why it's I kind of a snapshot of what the album's about it's just not <laughs> but it's not up to the caliber of the rest of the music for sure but yeah. it's it's tough because i listen to it so much that a lot of the main tracks that i would have called my favorites back in the day i've listened to so many times over the years yeah. that it's it's yeah. hard to go back and say that yeah they're my favorite now so i like the I, weird ones i think that track though is also very indicative of where a lot of punk was and was going at the time it was there was kind of a lot of less especially in the mainstream a lot less of the the um uh sort of angry political punk and it was a lot a lot of fun you know, we were getting things like like uh, the Offspring. We were getting Blink One Eighty Two. We were just even like a lot of those bands. You know, a lot of the a lot of the punk bands that came out of the nineties ended up, especially the ones that went big. They it was about the fun. Yeah, yep. And that's part of what uh, was written up about in the book was at this time, like they said, a lot of the this was on what Warner Brothers, and I think the guys like the label had said like we're looking for something that's going to take us out of this like we like the grunge stuff but it's it's really dark and heavy in a lot of the, the ways so we'd like to kind of start getting into a little more fun arena and somebody put this tape on his desk and he was like you want to hear something that you know he's like fuck man we need to sign these guys like right now if you want yeah. something fun and different from what's out there right now and it was i think that's when it was suddenly okay to be happy and fun for a little while and i think it was uh it did it, it changed the landscape because like we said like offspring stuff like that all came out and it was just it was a the changing of the guard a little bit and it was yeah. just a ton of fun so it, it was a, it was music that you could listen to in your room yeah. with the lights on <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah you weren't trying to necessarily work through something with it you were just <laughs> like okay i can work through it but it's gonna just be good be because it made me happy to listen to this <laughs> so, yeah it was great and and yeah. a lot of the but a lot of the themes weren't that different than the grunge stuff. It was just sounded happy. Yeah, exactly. And like wasting and that was, time. Yeah. And that was the fun part about, you know, because that was also around when like, you know, the third wave ska stuff came out and things like that. And it was like, you know, you, it was the same kind of thing. You listen to any real big fish song from back then and they're just angry all the time but it sounds so happy with horns yeah. so it was just that kind of thing exactly you can cover the same material but still be happy about it and smiling so it's like you can eat shit and die you know it's like it but it was it was great i'm very it musical was, tonight <laughs> apparently that one can of beer really fired me up so i'm good yeah <laughs> i'm very sipping on some gatorade <laughs> Oh. And then the lull hit. Yeah. <laughs> now let's turn off the lights and listen to our grunge albums again. <laughs> well, I was going to say, Eric uh, was talking about he has a, a laser light show machine at his house. He should turn on some Green Day and that thing, and then we can just have yeah. a good time and party. Tuck's, with been, that Tuck's thing. been in my rock land. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had a great time. 
I got the laser lights hooked up. When you're when you're in town uh, in a few months, I'll I'll set up the laser lights and stuff, and we'll just sit back. Oh, and all about the lights. At the planetarium, that'd be fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is that it's like it's like all these dots, like going around, which the cats loved. Um, <laughs> and then there's like they, there's some making shapes and stuff, and then all of a sudden there's like snowflakes, and like you can't like not have snowflakes, and they're just really weird. <laughs> it, it's really great to have a kind of trippy, groovy uh, rock lounge room. Created by a guy who doesn't do drugs. <laughs> like you go in there, and I'm like, man, I would really like to smoke right now. And he's like, oh yeah, I don't. I don't when I was, have when I was creating that room in my house, I was like, <laughs> I described it to people as the room that you would go to to smoke weed. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, but <laughs> this no, is where you would do it. The only thing it's missing is beanbag chairs. <laughs> I have beanbag chairs in the garage. <laughs> Wait, is there... there you go. But is there a lava lamp? No, I do not have a lava lamp. Well, there you go. All right. You need you a lava to. lamp, too. So. <laughs> That's okay. We won't fault you. <laughs> uh, so the, in, uh, I don't know, next August or something, I got tickets for the upcoming Green Day tour. Um, and that's that one is celebrating Dookie's 30th. And... Um, the what is it 20th or whatever of american idiot oh lord has it been that long since american idiot wow yeah yeah expect the box set for that next year (laughs) i don't think i need as much but (laughs) (laughs) right i'm like you guys could do that one without me thanks (laughs) i do love that album but it was a great album it was just uh yeah it was just so polished and i think I liked them when they were just sloppy bass lines and funny. You know, it was just yeah. I agree with that too. Like, like that uh, when you shared that link to me earlier of that um, Smoking Pope's deal on Asian Man Records, um, where it's like twelve bucks a album. Uh, yeah. They're they're all good albums, but like the one or actually two of those are like their first, and yeah. like I could just put those on and just it's loud, it's fast, it's the recording quality isn't amazing and it's just the, some of the best shit like and that's uh, to me that's the only difference i notice in a lot of bands when they get bigger is like it sometimes they've got the same energy but people you know they get into a, a recording studio and suddenly those like you know the fingers sliding down the frets and stuff like that gets like edited out and things like i, I like to hear that kind of stuff i like those little dopey touches like that that sounds like you're there in the room with them like you know in the recording studio actually green day held on to that kind of stuff and even put some of that stuff in their um songs for a couple of um uh, albums after this even like um was it good riddance it had at the very beginning it's him trying to play the fuck and then he, yeah. he's able to yeah. start and play it again. But uh, yeah, like, man. So yeah, and like I said, I think honestly they were really good about that, and they kept it up till I think Warning was where it dropped off because I think yeah. American Idiot just became that polished era where they really, they really went for that kind of almost orchestral sound on some of it, and it and it some of it was fabulous. It just wasn't as Green Day to me. Yeah, and I like I I saw we took my nephews to see the 
the play or musical or whatever the oh, American Idiot right. show, and it was actually really good. But it was, uh, yeah, it's definitely a different experience, you know. So it's. I mean, I think a, I think it probably happens to a lot of bands. Like, I mean, even like I, I'm a metal guy, Metallica. They ended up doing that symphony album, the S and M album, and I think eventually what it is is like. I've eaten an awful lot of fucking fast food. I've eaten all of the fast foods. And now someone's willing to pay for me to go to a really nice restaurant and have yeah. like a hundred dollar steak. Let's do that. What the fuck is that? Yeah. Like they may not love it, but they're sure as shit going to eat it. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I think eventually you get the opportunity and you're like, you know what? I don't even care if the fans like it or not. I already made my money. I <laughs> just well, well, what are we what is it gonna look like if we're able to play with this shit? And I one million percent support anything a band wants to do if they're evolving and they want to go do something like that. I'm all there for it. It's just you know, at some point I might just lose attention a little bit, but it's like you know, to me, I, I was all there for when Metallica was like, I'm gonna say something controversial. I thought load and reload were fine because that was what the band wanted to do at the time, and it's like it was almost when the fans told them, no, you're not doing it right. Be Metallica again. And they sounded like a Metallica cover band trying to come back. from. Yeah. It. It's like, no, you enjoyed what you were doing in the studio and it came through. You still had that joy of like songwriting. And it's like, then it just sounded like, what am I doing? I'm a, I'm a Metallica cover band now. And it's like, it yeah, was, no, I, I think for me, I'm like, look, go do whatever you're going to do. I don't have to be there for it. Exactly. You know what I mean? So yeah. you go enjoy yourself. Did I like load and reload? I did not at all, but that's okay. I don't have to, as long as you guys are liking it and other people are digging it and buying it, who gives a fuck? And that's exactly. how I've been with green day. Like I, I love green day. I've never, like I've heard things I didn't like from them and I've never said, Oh, green day sucks now. Like, they don't. No, it's just a different era <laughs> just, of Green Day. <laughs> I just don't I've never know. said that they suck yeah. out loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not what I want to listen to, so I don't listen to it. But Yeah. No, but they've had so many different incarnations over the years. And like I said, I enjoy all their little side projects, like we said, Foxborough Hot Tubs, Pinhead Gunpowder, like uh, the next I just got one. Uh, stuff I think was... it's called the Upside Downs. It's uh, them. Uh, they When they were doing, they were being a cover band. Um, so they like have like four tracks they recorded live. Um, oh, cool. I'd I, like to hear that too. I, I didn't know yeah, about that one. Yeah, I'll, I'll awesome. dig it up on Discogs and send it to you. It's, it's pretty cool. cool. I just listened to that one the other day when I was going nice. through my records. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, and Pinhead Gunpowder, like that's I love them just as much as I love Green Day. Like I honestly like I really dig the uh Foxborough Hot Tubs thing. It's yeah, like that's that cool. Retro sound, that like kind of sixties garage kind of sound to it. And it just like I loved it. I mean, yeah. it wasn't anything, you know, brand new. They weren't breaking new ground, but it sounded so like they were having so much fun making it that it was, yeah. That's what I like to hear as a band. What's the, other one What's the other one where they were um, pretending to be another band? Was it the network? Or yeah, that was the one they sounded kind of Devo-ish. And I, I really enjoy that too. I think yeah, they had a lot of fun. fun. Yeah. yeah. No, they've had a lot of good, a lot of good side projects to go along with their career. That's that's why I did not understand that last fucking album. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, like I said, all you had to do was make it, you know, like call it something else. I might have bought it, listened to it once, and never heard it again. Yeah, then now it's Green Day. Tells the father of all motherfuckers, and that could have been their side project, and <laughs> that could have been just fine, you know. But no, but I, again, you know, they can make whatever the hell they want, and I'm still gonna listen. I'm like, you know, like Chuck said, I might decide to not listen twice but i'll still, still yeah happily support them so that one it said yeah. a lot to me that when i saw them um on that tour a couple of years ago they didn't play a single song from it <laughs> like wow their, their album had just come out in the last year and they didn't play a single song from it <laughs> so they obviously got some feedback i'm guessing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one last bit of trivia before we're done Anybody, this is like super old trivia. The uh, know the original Green Day na band name. I know it. I know oh, it. Shit. I did too. I'm I'm not remembering right now, but I did know Changing it. Changing the name was a very good idea. Sweet Children. Yep. It was kind of a funny name. I mean, given and that was a, that was a song on one of the first two albums too. They had a yeah. song called. Green Day was actually a song on their first album, I right. think. Yeah. Yeah. So they were just trying out band names with all their song titles. Like, we need a theme song. So, all right. You know why they picked Green Day, right? Because they were smoking a lot of dope. Well, yeah. <laughs> basically, a good day is a green day for them. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. It's been fun, but I got to get away from you guys. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> and the honesty button kicks in. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for watching. And uh, thank you guys for being available today. Yep. Thank you for Glad to up. do it. <laughs> Catch everybody later. Hey, you made it through an entire episode. Good for you. If you're looking for more, give the rest of the channel a look. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll catch you fuckers next time. Later. Muxpout.